McGregor versus Poirier 3 is all set for UFC 264, and DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a knockout offer for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering 264 to 1 odds on a knockout in the first round during Saturday's main event. If the rubber match ends in a first round knockout, you walk away with cash. That's right, bet $1 on McGregor or Poirier to win by first round knockout, you win $264. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $264 when you bet on a main event fighter to win by first-round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $264 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky. As always, I am joined by Nicholas J. Horwat. And from the Tip of the Iceberg, we want to reach out to you, the listeners, and say happy belated 4th of July to all of our U.S.-born listeners. We hope you enjoyed and you celebrated safely. And also with that, we want to wish a happy belated Canada Day. To all of our listeners north of the border, back on July 1st, we hope everybody celebrated over the long weekend appropriately and safely, but also had an appropriate amount of fun, which is amazing. But in lieu of the 4th of July, we wanted to talk a little bit about U.S.-born Pittsburgh Penguins. And what we're actually going to do is we're going to have a draft of all of the U.S.-born players on the organizational chart right now and try to build a three-on-three roster plus one legacy-born player for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But before we get into that, Horwat, when you think American Pittsburgh Penguin, what is the first name that comes to mind? Is it always Phil Kessel because of the meme? It might have to be. Always Phil Kessel because he was snubbed from the World Cup team and he decided to tweet about it. It's like one of his eight tweets ever. Uh, Is it always Phil Kessel because... It's always the meme, right? It's... He always comes back. I mean, plus he was an Olympian. Got that going for him. Yeah. Um, it's almost always filled the throw because the second he was tr- traded to here, he was a fan favorite. Um, turned in, turned out to be much more of a playmaker than people thought he was. Mm-hmm. It, incredible stuff from Phil beginning to end. Just as when you think of American players, I mean, we're not, we're, we are also not old enough to remember Joey Mullen who set the damn standard for American-born players. Um, and it's impressive. If you're listening to this, hopefully my story is up. I, tr- am trying to, I was trying to get it up on Sunday. Doing a story on the top uh, American-born point scores in Penguins history, and the list is thin. I'm going to point that <laughs> out now. Within the top ten now, is Ryan Whitney. I, yeah, it's Ryan Whitney. He's oh, within geez. the top ten of American-born born, <laughs> American born point scores first of all that's a mouthful in penguins history so 
have some fun with it. And like I said, we weren't aren't old enough to, to remember Joey Mullen, but uh, when the Penguins had him, he was kind of at the back half of his career. But still, uh, he set the standard for guys like Madonna, Patrick Kane, and uh, Phil Kessel, for that matter, to really take the mantle among uh, Americans in a Canadian-dominated sport. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you also have to mention, if you're talking about people that we're not old enough to have watched. We, you think about Mark Johnson, who was on the 1980 you know, Miracle on Ice team. He also played three seasons for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So that might not be the first thing that comes to mind. Definitely the Phil Kessel US or Team USA headshot, plus the fact that Phil Kessel is synonymous with two things, golfing and hot dogs, which is just the epitome of the 4th of July. So you definitely have him basically on another level as U.S.-born Pittsburgh Penguins players as far as the history of it goes. But like I said, we're going to have a draft of all of the U.S.-born players currently on the Pittsburgh Penguins roster. We're going to construct a three-versus-three draft, and we'll put the rosters that we select out to you guys to see who you would think would win in a three-on-three competition. We're going to take three current forwards, two defensemen. We're both going to get Casey to Smith because he is the lone U.S.-born goaltender currently on the Pittsburgh Penguins roster. And then we're going to take one former player that was United States-born. But Horwat, to determine the first overall pick, I wanted to do something not a coin flip because this is mainly an audio version and an audio file. So I'm thinking of one forward on the Pittsburgh Penguins that played in the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. You just need to tell me top six or bottom six. Okay. Go ahead. Top six or bottom six. Oh, I see what you're doing here. Bottom six. Bottom six. Well, I was thinking of Brandon Tanev, so you are correct, sir. Do you want to pick first or second? I'll take first because, you know, what's funny. I was also thinking, he's definitely thinking Brandon Tanev because who else uh, (laughs) would you think of? Mainly just because I'm jealous of everything that Brandon Tanev has been doing since the season ended. I mean, the guy's been on the golf course nine out of ten days. If he's not by the golf course, he's drinking by the pool. So I just strive to have that life. Lucky, man. Honestly. Us here busting our asses recording this so you so people can listen themselves. Hopefully, maybe by poolside. If you listen to this by poolside, uh, way to go. Uh, congratulations, you have a pool. Or you know someone with a pool like I do. I'll be there on the 4th of July and yeah no it's always good to be jealous of those people honestly they live better lives than we do let's just put it as it is they do I mean well it's easier when you're a millionaire it's easier when you're a paycheck and a very talented when you have a paycheck and you are a very talented athlete and not to mention the time off you know you have three months to do what you will but time off wow what a what a concept (laughs) well Horwat that means you get the first overall pick. So who is your first selection going to be? It can be the legacy-born player if you want. It can be anybody on the roster. Uh, well, I'm going to just take someone from the roster now because it's, uh, I believe, the one that, we'll fight, that we would fight over the most, and it's Jake Hensel because obviously it is. I mean, he's got a shot to make the damn Olympic team if uh, players decide to go and – or not if the players decide to go. If the league decides to let the players go, if – the Olympic Committee lets it all happen. He should be in the discussion for it. There's been a couple of topics recently that, or uh, predictions recently that don't have him on it, which is mm. a damn shame. But yeah, that's uh, my first pick. Yeah, Jake Gensel is somebody who, if you would have asked 
probably at the end of the regular season, there's a lot of people that said, yeah, he's pretty much a shoe in to be on the Olympic team. But that postseason that he had kind of left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. But I'm sure next season, I mean, the fact that he's been a point per game player the past couple of seasons, it's hard to turn that down, especially if the NHL decides to participate in the Olympics, which if you watched Gary Bettman's press conference prior to game one of the Stanley Cup finals, it looks like the chances are, are not that great. It looks like the NHL wishes they would have already had this figured out and they're not particularly close from what it sounded like. So hopefully they get something done because the clock is ticking and the league has already set an all-star date and an all-star location in Vegas. And usually if there's an all-star game, there's not Olympic participation. I know they're just covering their butts here, but the time is running out for that. Oh yeah. Oh, that definitely is. But that's, again, a whole other discussion for a whole other day. It's not while we're here. I also wanted yeah. to throw in, I chose Jay Kensel because he's a guy that can also play center. So I've got Correct. that taken care of. I have my face-offs. Plus, Jake Gensel is a guy who's been very successful in the 3v3 overtimes. Yeah. Since they've been in, you know, used. He scored several three-on-three game winners for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I do not, uh, I do not envy my position not being able to take Jake Gensel. But... What I think I'm going to do for my first pick, I'm going to go with the defenseman, and I'm going to take somebody who we thought at the end of last season might have a chance to sneak onto the U.S. team, but at this point probably won't. I'm going to go with John Marino because he is a pretty good defensive defenseman, but he does show that offensive ability. He showed that more so in his rookie season than his sophomore season. We'll have to see in year three if he's able to bounce back as far as the assist numbers go. And the goal numbers go, but I think John Marino, he's still very young. He still has some young legs. He's shown that he can go out there and play over exaggerated amounts of minutes. So I'm going to take John Marino here, and that will be my first pick, starting on the defensive side. I like it. Um, oh, your list is missing someone, I think. Am I getting this correct? Am I missing somebody? I don't know. I thought I thought I got everybody on the list that I put down there. And if I didn't miss somebody, we'll take out one of the two prospects. I'm, I'm sure you would still be taking John Marino. Oh, I might be wrong. Uh, this is the stuff. Who are you I, thinking of? And, and and I'll be able to tell you because I. Why can't I find him now? Where did Mike Matheson go? Mike Matheson is from Canada. Is he Canadian? His wife is american then right yes but mike Matheson okay. is canadian and we're not drafting wives very much quebec <laughs> okay i don't know why i thought he was from america and a bunch of other situations okay uh then that is a very good now that i'm reeling and looking back at it yeah that's a very good uh choice by you because that's the only solid offensive defenseman that's an american-born player here but uh, with my second pick, I will also take a defenseman because he had a coming out year offensively this year. <laughs> and let's be real, he's a one of among the top defensemen in franchise history, and that is the one and only Brian Dumoulin. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I mean, you get anything is possible on three on three. Also, yes, anything, and plus a seven game point streak to boot on that. Beautiful stuff from Brian Zoolin. Um He's from Maine, correct? He is. He is from the great store, great store, great state of Maine, and he also is an avid wine connoisseur. Which yes. Off-season episodes, we got to learn a little bit more about these players that we're rooting on. And, and if you don't know, follow Brian Dumlin on Instagram. He is all over the wine scene. Good. I love to see. Yeah, I remember. I, you can remember all the behind-the-scenes stuff where it's uh, his little wine cooler. So he's into all that yeah that's my choice because 
dude's dude can play defense. Plus, he's stopping pucks as well. Yeah, he hasn't really had the opportunity to play in a lot of 3v3. They don't really throw him out there in overtime all that much, but he does have a sneaky ability, you know, a sneaky good skating ability. He is really good at, you know, making that transition, and we haven't seen him get burnt too much in his career. So I think he would probably be successful. I'm not sure he brings that amazing offensive upside, but like you said, he had a, you know, coming out season offensively, if you can call it that. And I think that's a really good place where you know you're going to have somebody to protect Casey DeSmith, who is both of our goaltenders. But with my second pick, I'm going to take somebody who I know is also successful in the 3v3 overtime, a guy that I know can just rip a puck from anywhere and put it in the back of the net. I'm going to take Brian Rust, the pride of Notre Dame. I'm going to have him as my first forward selected to match him and college hockey I believe it was, what, Boston University for John Marino? Or no, he went to Harvard. What am I thinking? I knew he was in the Boston area. So I got Harvard and Notre Dame on my team so far. I think that's a pretty good start, taking Brian Rust. I mean, I so far have Boston College and Omaha, Nebraska, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jake played mm -hmm. in Omaha. Yes. Or Nebraska, Omaha, whatever his college was. So far, we have, that's, that's one great thing about American-born players. Almost, not almost all, but a ton of them played NCAA hockey. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think almost everyone on this list has. There's a good amount That's a good of players. Chunk. There, there's a large chunk of these players that have played college hockey. But, Horl, what is your third pick, third round pick? All right, for the third round. Um, yeah, you know what? He may not have had that great of a season by a lot of people's standards, but anything is possible on three on three. Injury aside, uh, Jason Zucker, come Ooh. on down. You are the next contestant on my three-on-three -three team. So your first line is basically going to be Gensel, Dumoulin, Zucker. Or Zucker, I should say. But yeah, that's pretty That's pretty stout. Zucker has a lot of speed and a lot of really puck possession. He, he did struggle a little bit this year yeah. with the puck possession. But at the same time, if he gets his hands on, he's usually pretty reliable in the three-on-three. -three. So I think that's a pretty good pick right there. Definitely, uh, you definitely have a lot higher of a salary cap. Luckily, oh, yeah. we don't have a salary cap on this. Yeah, and if um, Jeff Carter has taught us anything, or even Jason Spezza or a lot of these older guys, your shot doesn't go away when you mm -hmm. age. You, no. Your hands might slow down a little. Your speed definitely takes a dip. But your shot is almost always going to be there, and Jason Zucker has a good one. It might not be phenomenal, but he's got a good enough one to... Um, you know, find the back of the net. And I get I kind of have two goal scorers ahead of playmakers so far on the forward on the forward side. But, hey, we're out here trying to score, aren't we? It's three-on-three. Yeah, three. You've it, got it's the three space on three. to move. You do. If you're in a three-on-three, three, I think Gensel and Zucker is probably one of the better pairings that you have. And you obviously are using Gensel as your center, I would imagine, in that line, right? Yes. Also, uh, Jason Zucker still part of college hockey. Denver. University of Denver. Yeah, that's a good selection as well. Now, here's the thing with Jason Zucker is we are at this point when this comes out, 16 days away from the expansion draft. So let's enjoy talking about Zucker as a penguin as long as we can, because that might not be a thing come July 21st. You're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. We'll have our Seattle mock expansion draft the Thursday before that. Our final mock expansion draft 3.0 will be the week before the Seattle expansion draft. So I think that'll be in two weeks time. So stay tuned for that. 
But as we move along here to my third round pick, as much as I would like to go with another defenseman or take maybe a younger player, I'm going to take a younger player, but I do need a center. So I'm going to take Sam Lafferty, the pride of Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania. The guy has wheels. When you're talking about Zucker having wheels, Sam Lafferty is probably faster than Zucker. And, I mean, he has that straight line speed, and he showed this season that he can make those two-on-one plays. I remember specifically two plays that he made in a two-on-one where he dished it almost perfectly for a Pittsburgh Penguins goal. So I'm counting on him and Brian Rust to be able to use their straight line speed to get behind Brian Dumlin on your team and hopefully put the puck in the back of the net. So I'm taking Sam Lafferty with my third round pick. Like it. I mean, yeah, he may not have endeared himself to the fans this season, but... Meaning he never scored a goal. Exactly. <laughs> and But you know what? You Sometimes you just need the guy that can fly around the ice and just be a bolt of lightning and maybe just a shot in the arm sometimes. It's, uh, you know, I've played a season of three-on-three. Three. Sometimes you just need the guy that can go out there and be quick. Me, one season of three-on-three three experience. <laughs> An expert. All right. Uh, next up for me. Yeah, I'm going to go off the board a little bit. I know he hasn't played in the NHL yet. He's a defenseman, but he went to the Air- University of Arizona and is one of our top prospects defensively. Joshua Maniscalco, um, a young pick. Here's where the salary cap comes into play. He doesn't really have one yet. so. Um, <laughs> plus, he'd be fun to see what he can do. Again, I th- I'm taking, uh, in this fake scenario that we're just doing here, I'm taking the effect of the wide open ice on a three on three way too much into effect in thinking if the guy can skate he can get around that's a hell of a choice to start no matter who you are really as long as you can skate uh from what i can recall on the i haven't looked into him too much recently but from what i can recall maniscalco's got a hell, hell of a skating ability and can move the puck fairly well so he should fare well um on my team and maybe one day in the nhl mm-hmm since he was signed by the Pittsburgh Penguins last offseason, you have been pretty high on Joshua Maniscalco, so I'm not surprised that you ended up taking him. I mean, since he's came in, he's been featured in, I think, multiple articles that you've written. Yes. So I know you've been pretty high on the kid, so I'm not surprised in the least that you took him. Yeah. Um, a couple of the college signings from the past, from last offseason, I've been high on him, Cam Lee, and am I, is, is the last one escaping me? Drew O'Connor, but we've mm-hmm. seen what he can do. He still, I mean, has, he still has a chance in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, he ha- came in with a lot of pressure making the team out of camp when nobody expected him to, and he was thrown into the fire a little bit due to injuries at the beginning of the season, and it just he just wasn't ready. So hopefully yeah. next season, starting in Wilkes-Barre, he'll be able to get a little bit more of a footing and maybe even come up and play on the big roster next year. But... You have Josh Maniscalco as your fourth-round pick. Now you have two defensemen, two forwards. I think with that, considering there's only one defenseman left on the board, I'm going to go up and take, from Staten Island, New York, I'm going to take the graphic designer, Zach Aston Reese. And he did, as well as Brian Dumlin, show a little bit more of an offensive scoring touch. When he came back from that shoulder surgery, he had, I believe it was three goals in three games to start. He didn't finish with that many goals he did score i believe his career high in nine i have to double check that but you cannot watch a penguins islanders game 
without somebody mentioning the fact that Zach Aston Reese is from Staten Island. It's not possible because it's... Bob Airy loves that fact. That is his Pierre Maguire moment whenever he gets to talk about where Zach Aston Reese is from. And he hammers it home every time with the Staten Island New York thing. So I'm going to take Zach Aston Reese to start out the second forward line of my three on three roster. Zach Ashley's a great choice. And more college players, Northeastern University. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, the graphic designer. Cool seeing people do stuff like that. And I like that choice. I was going to consider making that choice as well because, I mean, damn, I have a hell of a defensive spot out there. For, but for now, will I have to make a changeup? Probably. By the way, Zach Aston Reese did finish with nine goals, so I was correct on that. Just wanted to to, mm-hmm. to make sure I was correct on that. But it is your fifth round pick. You have two forwards, two defensemen, and technically a goalie because we both have Casey to Smith. So who is your fifth round pick, Horwat? All right, we have to go with the former one, uh, with the uh, former Penguin. You know, I talked about him before, and I didn't realize how much of a st- uh, how important he was to American hockey. And you know, like I said, we talked about it right, Joey Mullen, because. Uh, he was the first American-born player to ever score 1,000 points and 500 goals. Both came with the Penguins. Both came in two different stints with the Penguins, which was very interesting. <laughs> uh, because there was a year in Mullen's career toward the end where he spent a year in Boston, and he finished with 502 career goals, and he scored it. And like, Yeah, he came back to Pittsburgh after a year in Boston, scored his 500th goal. But the year before he went to Boston, he scored his 1,000th point. It's a fun little game that... Joey Mullen decided to play with the Penguins, but hey. Um, easy Hall of Famer. When he retired, he was the highest-scoring American-born player of all time. And, yeah, he's been you know, passed over since then uh, six times over. But we're not worried about that. It's uh, For a guy that played, he played on teams with the Penguins that he was never going to get the spotlight. Mm-hmm. I mean, he played with Lemieux, Yager. Even Ron Francis was above him. You know, Coffee, Murphy. All these guys that just kind of weren't, they overshadowed him so much. So Joey Mullen was able to be a, in his, the latter stages of his career, a bit of a depth forward, but still producing at the highest of levels because he is a Hall of Fame, uh, Hall of Fame player from New York, New York. You gotta love that. Is there anything, I, I've said that a lot in this podcast, I just realized, but is there really anything more American being from New York, New York? Uh, being, being from Newark, New Jersey. Being from somewhere and in the Midwest. claiming you're from New York, New York. Yeah. <laughs> being from somewhere in the Midwest, maybe, i.e. Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, that that's definitely something else that's pretty, pretty cut and dry there. But I think with my fifth round pick, I'm going to keep it with the current players mm-hmm. on the roster, and I'm going to end up taking Chad Ruweedle to round out my multiple defense. Obviously, Chad Ruweedle from San Diego, California, one of the first hockey players to come from San Diego, California, and definitely, I think, the first one to take the Stanley Cup back there. So I'm going to bring in Chad Ruweedle, if not for any other reason than to bring up the follicle game on my team because <laughs> he is rocking probably some of the best flow in the NHL. Is it rude that we do that to him every time we talk about him? Yeah, probably, but, I mean, I'm sure he's used to it by now. You would hope so, and you, you'd hope he'd have, he seems like he'd have a good personality about it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, for my final one, I gotta go fun because, you know, it's just, it's gotta be fun. It's the last pick. It's gotta be someone a little different. Uh, 
It's not going to be Drew O'Connor, but it will be someone who has kind of floated around the minors this year. Did get some NHL time, but he's from Manlius, 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 New York, outside of Buffalo, where he decided to score a second career goal. Anthony Angelo. Ooh, Anthony Angelo. Oh, me and him share a birthday. That's my fun fact about him. Oh, really? <laughs> right, wait. Me, Anthony Angelo, and Sam Lafferty all share a birthday. Oh, well, you guys should all get together and celebrate that one day. <laughs> we should. Angelo's got a year on me, and I think Lafferty's got two, if I'm recalling that entirely correctly. And they each have so many more zeros on you in the bank account. <laughs> of, well, <laughs> yes, they do. Um, they very much do. What, did he go to, Did uh, Angelo go to college anywhere? Cornell. He went to Cornell. Oh, man. Yeah, we got... I, I, the Penguins and their and their affiliation with Ivy League schools. Yeah, they have certainly had a lot of them. It seems like they've had probably... I mean, I'm not sure, because I don't really know how many Ivy League players play for other NHL teams, but it seems like the Penguins have probably are up there when it comes to most Ivy League players on their roster. Currently and in the past, if you remember, Craig Adams went to Stanford? I think, I think I'm wrong about I, that. And plus, Stanford's I, I, not I, I, an I, Ivy League school. Stanford is not, but I, I have no idea actually where, where Craig Adams went to. But while you look that up, I will say my final pick, round six, pick number two. It's going to be my former Penguin pick. I've saved the best for last. You actually made me make a decision here because not. I thought you were going to take Phil Kessel. <laughs> I really did. And when you didn't, it made me want to take Phil Kessel. But at the same time, I can't really pass up the opportunity to take Kevin Stevens. Yeah, that's another good one. That's a great one. From around the Boston, Massachusetts area, Artie was probably one of the best power forwards, if not the best power forward of the early 1990s. I mean, you talk about those Penguins teams that won the first couple of cups. You have Lemieux, you have Yager, you have Recchi. These are Hockey Hall of Famers. Not a lot of people, I, I mean, a lot of Penguins fans remember him, but not a lot of non-Penguins fans remember Kevin Stevens and how good he was for those teams. I mean, if you look at those back-to-back -back runs, he had 61 points in 45 playoff games between the 91 and 92 playoffs. And that's not even to mention how good he was in the 1993 season to help the Pittsburgh Penguins to their first and only President's Trophy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Kevin Stevens, and this is, we should have had this caveat, but I'm hoping everybody kind of caught on to this. This isn't current day Joey Mullen, current day Kevin Stevens. This is in right. their prime. Joey Mullen and Kevin Stevens. So I'm excited to have Stevens on my roster. I don't know. I was going to have Brian Rust and Sam Lafferty, kind of a straight line speed thing going there. But I think if I put Kevin Stevens and Brian Rust together, that's a pretty lethal combination, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kevin Stevens has the distinct uh, statistic of leading the Penguins in all time in penalty minutes. So you got, oh, yeah. you, you got your sandpaper. You got your uh, gritty, you call him the top power forward. You're totally right about that. Mm -hmm. and, and if he takes a penalty, I have Zach Aston Reese to kill it. <laughs> you're good. You're covered. <laughs> um, yeah, no. If, what's amazing about Kevin Stevens is that, yeah, he is 10th or 9th, one of the two, um, all time in Penguins history and scoring, leads all American-born players in Penguins scoring. So you got, you got your point score really like you have mm -hmm. the point score um in this whole in this whole game we're doing so technically you'd think in a way that's the best player and he got picked last 
Hey, Mr. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. <laughs> there it is. You know who else got picked last? Patrick Hornquist, a long time ago. And now he is in Florida, but a uh, two-time Stanley Cup, Cup champion. Yup. So known, things have worked out just fine. Known lovingly as the Viking by people in certain circles. But that is our lists. If you look down at Horowitz's list, you have Jake Gensel, Brian Dumlin, Jason Zucker, Joshua Maniscalco, Anthony Angelo, and Joey Mullen. Mm-hmm. And then my team consists of John Marino, Brian Rust, Sam Lafferty, Zach Aston Reese, Chad Ruedel, and Kevin Artie Stevens. It's going to be a close one, so we're going to leave it up to you folks. Go to our Twitter page, at Iceberg Podcast. Go to our Instagram page, at Iceberg Podcast. And go to our Facebook page, at Tip of the Iceberg Podcast. We will post the graphic of these two lineups. And we want you to tell us, who do you think would win in a 3v3 competition? Team Horwat or Team Berlansky? And also throw in there some of your favorite U.S.-born players. Because we'd love to hear from you if there's a U.S.-born Pittsburgh Penguin player that you enjoyed that we didn't mention maybe say like a brooks orpic like a mark johnson as we mentioned at the beginning or even wholesale for fourth of july who are your favorite u.s born players it can be anyone horwad is currently wearing a mike madonna minnesota north stars jersey so literally let us know who your favorite u.s born players are on any of those three social medias but horwad how do you think you'll stack up do you think the the fans will go with your team over mine See, I, I got I got the fa- one of the fan favorites in Jake Gensel, but then I also got one of the fan least favorites in Jason Zucker. So, when it comes to voting off of what have you done for me lately, who knows? I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, when it comes I'm to, hoping... Go ahead. I'm trying to think. When it comes to pure skill, uh, it's pretty even, though, because, again, this is a thin list, kind of, especially when mm-hmm. it comes to producers, so... This, this it'll be a close one i want to actually see this in real life that'd be fun i know we're dealing in hypotheticals here but yes it doesn't even have to be these rosters but to see prime kevin stevens and prime joey mullen play three on three <laughs> to see anybody from those 1990s teams play in three on three would be in their prime i should say mm-hmm. would definitely be a treat yeah no for sure and i think you got a big fan favorite with kevin stevens there too i think uh that's a big older crowd fan favorite too. And if anyone knows Kevin Stevens, I mean, dude's an icon when it comes to uh, just being the gritty grinder that he is. And you got a you got a pretty solid team there too. So we shall see over the next week who the fans vote, who the listeners vote has the better team. And like I said, let us know. Who is your favorite U.S.-born Pittsburgh Penguin? Who is your favorite U.S.-born NHL players? We'll talk about all of that on Thursday's episode for sure. If you tag us, we'll definitely talk about it. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have our weekly Pens poll. It's a pretty fun one, sticking with the U.S.-born theme. But we'll be right back in just a minute. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky. I'm joined as always by Nick Horwat. We just finished drafting our U.S.-born Pittsburgh Penguins rosters for a 3v3, a hypothetical 3v3 competition so definitely make sure you visit all of our socials at iceberg podcast and at the tip of the iceberg podcast on facebook to vote on those polls but we're going to finish this one off with 
a pens poll our weekly pens poll sticking with the u.s born now we're talking about pittsburgh born or at least pittsburgh area born players our poll for this week which pittsburgh area player do you wish gm ron hextall would pick up this offseason the most of of course we're still in hypotheticals <laughs> only one of them has ever been linked to the pittsburgh penguins and that was a long time ago at the beginning of the season but john gibson won this poll pretty easily oh, yeah. snagging 60 percent of the vote Vincent Trocek came in with 27% of the vote. And Brandon Saad, who is somebody that has been on Yinzer wish lists, Yinzer wish lists for about six years, comes in last with 13%. I thought he was going to perform a little bit better in this poll. But Hora, what did you think about this poll? I think a lot of recency bias went into this one. I think a lot of recency bias went into this one. Because that's been the talk of the offseason so far is how are we dumping off Jari or how are we getting a new goalie to replace Jari? When in hindsight, and maybe in just my bold opinion, mm -hmm. we don't need to really do that. So I wasn't taking on the John Gibson choice. I do appreciate that Brandon Saad came in last, despite him, like you said, being on everyone's wish list for ages now. Mm -hmm. I I don't want him on my team, to be totally honest with you. Is the contract over? Is his... Brandon Saad is a unrestricted free agent. Oh, he's a free agent. See, now it's a little different. He's still a little older. I think that one just depends. But I went with Trocek because he's younger, better, and doesn't fill a need that we have, but um, could really step in and be a good goal scorer for this team. Plus, uh, he's been flipping around teams more than I ever expected him to. I he's mean, only granted, switched to what, twice? That's still more than I would have expected him to. He went from Florida to Carolina, I'm pretty sure. I thought there was one. Maybe I'm thinking of something else, but yeah, I just feel like... He's, I still feel like he's better, is my opinion on it. Two things that I found interesting whenever I started researching who I was going to pick for this because I didn't want to select John Gibson because of the simple reason that it would be nice to have him, yes. It would be great to have a goaltender of that, but I, for some reason, still galaxy-brained it, and even though this was just who would you like to see him pick up, kind of just trying to ignore the salary cap and all that. It's a, it's hard for me to do that. So I didn't pick John Gibson, and I was between Vinny Trocek and Brandon Saad. Two things I noticed. One, Brandon Saad is only one year older than Vinny Trocek. He's, Brandon Saad is 28, Vinny Trocek's 27. I thought there was more of a discrepancy in age there, but there seems not to be. And the other thing I didn't notice, I knew Brandon Saad had a pretty good year goal-scoring-wise. He scored 15 goals in 44 games, but I didn't realize how good Vincent Trocek was for the Carolina Hurricanes last season. The guy had 17 goals, 43 points, and 47 games played. We talk about Jake Gensel being a point-per-game player and still being kind of disrespected around the league. Vincent Trocek, while not quite at point-per-game last year, was pretty darn close, and I'm pretty sure nobody mentioned his name, even over the likes of a Sebastian Ajo, a... Svechnikov, a Jordan Stahl even last year for the Carolina Hurricanes. It felt like Trocek kind of flew under the radar for the Hurricanes, and he had a really good season. He had almost a point-a-game season, almost putting up 20 goals in a shortened season as well. So I ended up going with Vincent Trocek for all those reasons. Yes, he is only a year younger, yeah, but his numbers were that much better than Brandon Sod's that Honestly, and Saad was on, I mean, they were both on really good teams. Carolina and Colorado were both extremely good, extremely great in the offensive zone. And while, yes, Brandon Saad has been on the wish list for Yinzers for years, I still went with Vinny Trocek. Even though Brandon Saad's the only one that would 
probably be possible this offseason because of his unrestricted free agent status, but I still voted for Vincent Trocek. Yeah, I kind of didn't realize it was only a, he was only a year older. I just feel like mm-hmm. he's been around since 2012-2013, whereas Trocek, I have to find it again, um, is only from 13-14. Okay, so yeah, uh, things line up, awkwardly enough. It helps that, I mean, it doesn't help. It hurts that Saad went and won a Stanley Cup basically in his rookie year, which put his name out there a lot quicker than Vinny Trocek's name was out there. They were drafted in this. Wait, Gibson and Trocek were drafted in the same year. And so I believe Saad was 11, 20. Yes, all three of them drafted the same year. Mm-hmm. So age we can't take into this conversation anymore. I feel like I need to reevaluate a lot of things. I'm still picking <laughs> Trocek because, again, recency bias took this one over by saying hey everyone's saying hey we want to replace or figure out this jari uh, situation we really don't need to again i'm probably gonna get burned for it but hey we don't really need to he's fine then there is brandon saw i think we think of brandon saw too as older because he plays the older style he's a bit more of a gritty power forward rather than Trocek, who might be a playmaker or a sniper. So it's maybe there's a little something about that as well. I mean, with that, Brandon Saad would fit into the mold that it seems like Brian Burke is trying to create for his offseason acquisition, wouldn't he? You're right. And, well, actually, I, speaking just out of my ass here, Brandon Saad only has 120 career penalty minutes um, through all those years where Trocek, I believe, is at 294. Cool. Yeah, so. Trocek has had more penalty minutes, but I still feel like the way that Brandon Saad yeah. scores his goals, it's in the dirty areas. Yeah. He gets down in front of the net, and that's probably why you're thinking about that. He's For not sure. he's not quite as gritty as you would say. He's not quite the Kevin Stevens power forward type, yeah. but he's a guy that scores a lot of his goals in the net front or within about 5 to 10 feet of the net. So that's why you start to think about, yeah, he, he's more of a power forward considering where he scores his goals. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely on point with the power forward point. It's just the penalty minutes don't line it up, I guess. I don't know. I, I feel like we just see him as more of a older character. I don't know what it is. And I do want to talk a little bit more about John Gibson because we kind of just skimmed over him a yeah. little bit. Listen, John Gibson was tied to the Pittsburgh Penguins very loosely during the regular season when Tristan Jari first started to struggle. And nobody really actually took it too seriously that John Gibson was going to be there. I know we discussed it for fun on the show. It would be nice to have a John Gibson because he's not an experienced backup like Ron Hextall and Brian Burke are saying they're going after. But John Gibson, he would definitely change the landscape of what the Pittsburgh Penguins' outlook is for next year. They would not have a question mark in that if they had Gibson and Jari or Gibson and DeSmith. I think that would that would certainly answer a lot of questions. I just it's not going to happen. The Penguins don't have what it's going to take to get John Gibson if he's even on the trade block. I know Anaheim is kind of in a open state of hey, who do you want? We're in the middle of a rebuild, so any of our older players are kind of up for grabs. But I don't think John Gibson is one of those players that you're going to be able to take away for a second round pick and a prospect. You're going to have to you're going to have to give up a little bit more for that. Yeah, it's also really, it's it would be hard to pull Gibson out of Anaheim. That's a guy you build around, kind of. Mm-hmm. He's young, he's talented, and he's a goalie. And how often do you see a young, talented, consistent goalie in this league? When you got one, you don't want to get rid of it. So, 
it would just be extremely hard to pull them out. And they also, Ryan Miller retired, so they don't have a backup, speaking of American-born players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough for Anaheim next year, regardless. They, yeah. they had a rough season last year. They have a lot of young players out there that are very good. You want to talk about another American-born player, talk about Trevor Zegras, talk about Troy Terry, some of those good young stars for the Anaheim Ducks. But I don't see them parting with John Gibson. I know a lot of fans hope they would, hence the 60% vote in this poll. But I think if you're going to get anybody on this list, it's going to be Brandon Saad. And even that's a little bit of a long shot. But boy, wouldn't it be nice to see the Penguins land either Trocek or Gibson. Yeah, it would be fun to see really any... That's an armchair GM kind of wish right there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be fun. And I think a lot of it would be... What would make it a lot of fun for me, I think, and for a lot of the fan base really is the Pittsburgh connection that we're that we discussed here and why we brought it up. I mean, looking down the list, I don't think any Pittsburgh born hockey players ever played with the Penguins. Ryan Malone. Oh, Ryan you big dummy. <laughs> you big dummy. I think he's the only one. <laughs> yeah, definitely Ryan Malone and was there another one? I can't remember. I'm not I'm not going to try to remember it right now because it's going to take too long, but before we go, I did want to send a quick shout out to Leah Marino who was selected in the 3rd round of the NWHL draft last week by the Toronto Six. I know in my shout outs and call outs I did shout out her two teammates that were selected in the 1st and 2nd round to the Buffalo Buttes, but you sent it to me that she was also drafted, and I really I apologize that I missed it. But congratulations to Leah Marino being selected in the third round, like I said, of the NWHL draft. That league has gained a lot of steam just in the past year. And, and it's crazy to see kind of the social media engagement that they got throughout their draft. And hopefully that continues throughout the summer and into the start of their next season. Yeah, that's so it's yeah, we definitely apologize for missing that one. because uh, it's big stuff. It's it's no it's nothing to scoff at being drafted into a professional onto a professional team um you know what sometimes people just miss things like that mm-hmm. you know we're not all up in arms about it but uh you know us also as journalists we want to get the facts right you know yep so just a little correction on that well Horwath, that's going to do it for today's episode do you have anything else to say the folks following the fourth of july weekend following our draft do you want to do you want to stand on a pedestal and, and try to ask people to vote for you? What, what do you want to do here to close out the show? Uh, I'm just, I just flipped through. I got nothing else to say on what we did this episode, except I've just been flipping through Pittsburgh hockey player names. And I found one that did play on the Penguins. Is it Dylan from, Reese? No. Where's Dylan Reese from? I feel like he was from somewhere around here. I don't know. Dylan Reese is from Pittsburgh. Yes. Yeah. He played for Pittsburgh though. Yes, he did. There's one 2012, 2013, but I found Bill Thomas. Bill Thomas. Played, I don't think that sounds American to me. <laughs> Bill Thomas. He played on the Penguins during the 2008-2009 season for 16 games, scored two goals, and got an assist for three points. Yeah, there's a name you didn't remember from the. He, he played the 09 Cup team, technically. Yeah. Not the playoff team, but the 09 team that ended up going to the Stanley Cup. Bill Thomas. Yeah, I'm gonna look for. And his he played. Game. He played a lot. He played 16 games. 16 games. I'm gonna look for that game log and see <laughs> when? what games he played in. They were. That's October 5th. That is opening night. Oh, he played in... In no. Ottawa. Yeah. Wait, was that the... Uh... That was in Sweden. That was the Sweden game. Bill Thomas <laughs> played in the Bill, Sweden game. Bill Thomas, part of the 
Pittsburgh Penguins team to win in Sweden. And actually, you want know, even funnier stat on Bill Thomas? He scored in two consecutive games. How two about games that? before being sent back to the AHL, I'm assuming. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed this really U.S.-centric episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. We will be back on Thursday to talk a little bit more about a U.S. player. Horwat's first overall draft pick, Jake Gensel. We're going to do a deep dive on him and discuss all things Gensel as he is up there now in the the beauty league, starting out some summer hockey for him. But that's going to do it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a good week, Pens fans. You can follow us on Twitter at Nick Horwat 41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.